0: Welcome to American Redemption, the show where the next generation of American patriots learn to fight back in America's toughest cultural battles.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to American Redemption. This is episode 49 today, and I am joined, as always, by Andrew.
0: Yo, and very special guest today, one of our 20 percenters, committed (laughs) female listener. Welcome, Lauren.
2: Thank you. <laughs> Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, we're, we're uh, super excited to have you on. Can you start off just by giving a little introduction? Tell us about yourself.
2: Sure. So um, I went to Penn State with Andrew, um, and uh, we met through the Newman Catholic Student Association, which I joined my freshman year. Um, and uh, so I got pretty involved through the Newman Catholic Club and was treasurer my sophomore year. And then was service chair this past uh, senior year, um, and I also was president for the Students for Life club, my sophomore and junior year, um, and then was president of the Pregnancy Resource Clinic Club my senior year. Um, so I got pretty involved pretty early on with uh, the pro life movement in college, and also just like with my Catholic faith. But um, I wasn't always uh, super pro life, so that's kind of something I came to in college. So. Uh, but yeah, so that's a little bit about me. I went to, I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm back in Pittsburgh now. Um, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Lauren is one of the top pro-life people I know up there <laughs> with, with our Megan who's been on before. I, I would describe Lauren as, is having all the pro-life, uh, passion that Megan does. And then probably a little bit of, of, a Tony Sylvester, like energy. <laughs> <laughs> oh Yeah.
2: <golly. laughs> <laughs>
0: You're known as as Girlboss1, is that correct?
2: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Girlboss2, Shannon. Shout out to Shannon. She's probably listening. Let's but go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, Which is kind
2: of cringe, but yeah.
0: Yeah, but it's ironic.
2: It's it's ironic. That's why yeah. you say it.
0: Right, totally. Wouldn't be caught dead being called Girlboss. No, otherwise. no,
2: not in reality.
0: <laughs> so... Um, Yeah. What was your experience like with the pro-life movement in college? That's probably one of the places, one of the worst places for, you know, um, like pro-choice people are everywhere in college. It's got to be one of the most harsh environments to be pro-life.
2: Totally. Yeah. It's um, it's pretty daunting, especially going to a big state school, because um, like, you know, you're in the minority, but you can just feel like this wash of like uh, like pro abortion sentiments that um can be pretty aggressive at times and intimidating. Um although I never I tried never to show that when I would be like tabling. But um yeah, it can be daunting for sure because I think there's this pressure for pro lifers to know everything about why they're pro life and be able to like um rebuttal every single argument and if they don't then their entire like point is invalid, which is like it's like a fallacy. Like that isn't, you can't base an argument off of that. Like even if you don't have every single statistic, that doesn't mean your reasoning is wrong. So I think a lot of people can get really intimidated about, you know, even being upfront about your beliefs because they don't think that they are educated enough, which is, um, it's just so unfortunate because, I mean, we know the other side is, is very ignorant in a lot of ways. So um, yeah, but I think it was very intimidating for me. Um, I was kind of I think a lot of people that end up in pro-life positions, um, they never feel ready for it. Um, and I feel like a lot of people maybe that are in leadership positions never feel qualified when they're first asked or that they have to step up to do this. Um, and that's certainly what I felt. Um, like it was something that I quietly held to myself. Um, and was something that I was still unsure about. I still had a lot of questions about uh, cases of rape or incest. Um, and wasn't sure where I stood on on some of the uh, details of abortion, but um, with COVID, the COVID hit, and the former president had graduated, and no one had taken over the club, and a group of us um, through the Catholic club kind of got together, and I was uh, picked to do it, even though I I didn't really want to, but um, that's kind of how I initially got involved um, my sophomore year, but... Uh, yeah, it can be intimidating. I think also you encounter you encounter students at Penn State um, in different ways. Like uh, in the classroom, uh, the issue of abortion will come up, and that can be really tricky to navigate. Um, and then also uh, the, pro, like the Pro-Life Club did a lot of tabling, so we would, um, we would have an information table um, in the hub, which is kind of the, the hub of student activity, so it, it has a lot of students always there studying, eating, um, and we would have different tabling sessions on different issues, like defending um, just basic uh, the pro-life movement or more informational about the development of the baby in the womb or about the abortion pill, um, different things like that. So um, yeah, it can be really tricky. And I feel like there are a lot of instances in and outside the classroom where you have to ask yourself, like, am I being called to kind of am I being called to social martyrdom in this moment or am I actually going to like worsen the situation? So I feel like it can be, um, it's, it can be hard to navigate that. And I think it takes time to finesse if you will.
0: Yeah. I I can imagine that kind of thing takes so many different virtues. There's prudence involved. There's courage. I was always impressed with the courage of of the people who were the most outspoken about being pro-life in college and outside of college too, because it's one of the issues that, gets the most heated like nobody ever got in a fight over like economics but on a (laughs) college campus abortion really gets heated and like people get super emotional and totally irrational at times as well and it's can be pretty freaky
2: it it totally can i I completely agree i think i think the media has fear-mongered so much with this issue of abortion and they have fed so many people the lie that like abortion a abortion is a right which which is ridiculous on so many levels, but um it is like people have an almost like a, a sensory they they respond like so instantly um and it's honestly, I think it's conditioned by the media,
1: yeah, it's a buzzword, I agree, yeah, it, it, yeah absolutely. it's and again it it it's because the they use the term abortion which is you know a nice convenient word for them because this is just talking about the left like owning language Be- But like no one actually can define what abortion is because they've i don't know smeared so many things but like what it literally is is like child sacrifice and infanticide, like whatever you want to call it like it's mm-hmm. a lot it's a lot more grotesque than what they you know tell you it is like oh well we're gonna make the baby feel we're gonna well they have to call it a baby but oh we're gonna make it feel safe and this and that and then we're just gonna you know take its life
0: yeah they yeah. love their euphemisms like terminate the pregnancy mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. like just do anything to obscure the reality of what's actually going on because people do have morals and, and a lot more people would come to our side if they really knew what was going on
2: totally and i'm so glad you guys brought up that point of language um i studied english literature and in, in college and i'm so fascinated by language um and so last summer i participated in the national right to life leadership academy um, in dc and that was like a five-week intensive um academy on like literally everything pro-life so like they they teach you from the very beginning Um, from the history of abortion and you go through like the legislation, you go through the political, like the political side of things, the cultural side of things, medically, biologically, philosophically how to defend the movement. So, um, but for the final project um, you each have to conduct your own research. So I did mine on language that was used uh, pre Dobbs leak and post Dobbs decision. Hmm. um, And the language that was used um, within the media, and there's this really amazing book. It's not a long book. Um, it's called Evil Twins Doe and Roe. And it talks about the two uh, big court decisions, which was Roe v. Dalton and um, Roe v. Wade, and the language that's used there. And so um, I just completely agree. And I, I tied a lot of my project into 1984 because there is like so much overlap. It's honestly it's really scary um, the way when you. Like there is something that's so prevalent in abort in um nineteen eighty four is this idea of like double I think it's called double think
0: double think yeah double
2: think yeah so like you hear a word and you you can talk about something but but you don't actually have an image of what that word means and like for people with abortion like they speak about abortion um constantly and yet they actually they do not have an image of like what that is like mm. they their mind refuses to allow them to have an image because it refutes like what they think it is
0: wow so the left like operates on a lot of abstractions they 100 percent. yeah that's interesting that's that's um summit sounds incredible that's really it is, cool yeah
2: it is amazing i mean think about it even though we're like terminating the pregnancy isn't even grammatically correct because the like the pregnancy has to have a direct object you like the pregnancy is a state of being the pregnancy isn't an object right so like that's a state of so it's just like the words they use they i mean and this could you could go into this with so many different ways in which they're using language to make up things that don't exist but it's just such an it's another example the way like truth is consistent and they they are not on the side of truth
0: hmm so true good good point um other than like terminate the pregnancy what what are some other big ways they manipulate language
2: um trying to think back, I could I'll send you guys the, the statistics later if you're interested I mean yeah, um, absolutely yeah I um Vince actually uh Andrew Vince Burge helped me with um the excel sheet for that um <laughs> he was actuarial at excel Council, whiz yeah, yeah um but yeah terminate the pregnancy is a big one um I'm trying to think of other ones I mean even just the the, the slogans of like um reproductive rights like you're not mm-hmm. reproducing right Um, like how exact opposite
1: a fetus like isn't a child
2: oh yeah big one big one right because okay an easy way again that's like not correct language like a fetus of okay a fetus is like saying an infant or saying a teenager um it's like it's like it's an age it's It's a stage of development yeah the stage of development exactly like it's still a human being i mean what are you conceiving you're conceiving a human life it Mm. just doesn't again like these words of double think it's it's honestly it's so it's scary to think that like we have come to this point in society where it can be so widespread and no one can question these things that that are just it's just logic it's like actually just like logic and i think it's in part because there is no objective truth and so even like definitions of words like what's really scary to me as an english major is now the dictionaries are changing definitions of words like abortion and other things. And like you look at big tech, and it's like you, we will, like already you're seeing ways in which we aren't even able to fact check things anymore. I mean, some things are just logic. But in other ways, it's scary the way that these forces, like these, these powerful forces are changing, like, and deconstructing, like, like how society is being run and how like language is being used.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought all that up. Those are really important points and it's uh it's kind of terrifying the dictionary definitions changing is just mind-boggling they were doing it with racism Mm -hmm. the definition of racism and so many other things and then what they're doing with with ai like Mm -hmm. they can program ai to have biases that's kind of scary like you ask people are going to start using ai instead of instead of search engines and Mm -hmm. they're not going to do as much research. They're just going to ask AI a question and, and that'll be that. They'll accept that on fact as fact. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up all this, um, like liberal arts tie in, like the English side of things. It's very interesting and often overlooked.
2: hundred percent.
0: Uh, so what are some of the most common pro abortion arguments you hear and what are some of your responses?
2: Um, yeah, so it depends on I found that it depends on the crowd. Um, like certain questions are more prominent in different demographics. So um, and oftentimes real arguments aren't even made. Um, because for so long, abortion was the precedent. So they didn't have to really defend their point, we had to defend our point. Um, so only recently, I mean, still, I feel like we have to defend our point mm-hmm. but because there's there's still this, like, cultural and social precedent set. But um, arguments that are pretty common that I think a lot of people hear are, you know, like, slogans. Like, the left, like, is completely run by slogans because they have no, like, actual basis and, and hard facts to back up what they say. But they it's just, like, catchy. But, yeah. like, My Body, My Choice, for example, which is ridiculous. Like, this past year for the March for Life, my sign said – the baby is not your body like I don't yeah. understand how much it's pretty straightforward like they're all, yeah. all science until like okay the dna isn't the mother's dna the mother like it's a different dna a I mean it just it doesn't make sense um
0: cognitive but, dissonance that's all there is mm-hmm. that's all. I don't know what else it could be
2: 100 mm-hmm, percent. Mm-hmm, yeah so my body my choice um also you'll get people on the like so many people are pro-abortion, but it, it depends, like, I feel like on the pro-life side, again, there's consistency. Um, but uh, on the other side, some will acknowledge that it's a baby, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that they're pro-life, which is so interesting. So I I mean, we did Cemetery of the Innocents uh, last fall, which is a demonstration where um, on the Hub lawn at Penn State. We, we put down a bunch of flags that represented how many babies are aborted um, each day, I think, um, which you get like hundreds and hundreds of flags. So it's just like one day in the U.S. Um, just to kind of raise awareness for the magnitude and the severity of abortion. And um, A, they had Planned Parenthood workers, like paid Planned Parenthood workers, come on campus and like with bullhorns. And, like, lead chants against us. It was, like, it was honestly, like, this is, like, our taxpayer dollars are going to them protesting. Oh, uh, terrible. It just, like, it was honestly, like, embarrassing. Like, I just feel like they should have, like, better things to do. I mean, not that they do. But um, but I was talking to some of the uh, protesters at this event. And some, a lot of them know nothing about um, embryology at all. But, I mean, I'm not a scientist, but I know basic things. And, um, but... Some of them were acknowledging that it was a baby, which was so crazy to me. Um, a lot of them weren't, obviously. But one of them was like, yeah, I think it's a baby, but, like, it doesn't matter to me because of this X, Y, and Z. And the other pro, pro-choices are totally fine with that as long as you are still pro-choice. And I think that's interesting, too, too, because I think, like, if you're pursuing truth, then, like, I think there's a general, like, you have to hold each other accountable and, like, pursue truth, like, collectively But Mm -hmm. it's, like, just if you're on our side, if you'll vote for us, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so, like, with with those that will acknowledge that there is a baby, you'll get things ranging from, like, um, it's not that baby isn't going to have a good life versus, like, um, it doesn't feel anything or, like, it doesn't really matter because, like, they'll start doing a trimester thing or they'll start doing – it's still the, the the woman's decision. They'll be like, yeah, it's a baby, but it's still the woman's decision. And they'll just end there. And that's the whole premise of like, that's their whole argument.
0: They must know they're wrong. Like there's no way you could say stuff like that and think you're actually right. Like from the logical side, the moral side, like it's mm-hmm. all coping. Yeah. I mean, clouded judgment.
2: Mm-hmm. I think there's a definitely a sense of like, they've come this far and it's, like, again, this is straight out of 1984, like, oh, this is something, too, I talked about in my research, but, like, Mein Kampf, like, Hitler says himself, it's easier to believe a big lie than a small lie. He yeah. goes on and on about this in his manifesto, and it's, like, this is the big lie. Like, if they, they can, like, the other side cannot come to terms with the fact that uh, if abortion is killing, then, like, everything, everything has to change, everything. And and that's not just with the whole abortion industry, but that's with like that's with a like a lot of contraception that acts as abortifacients. That's with plan B. That's mm-hmm. with the whole like um like sex culture that there is to, like hookup co- like everything has to change and there's just no way that like they can even allow themselves to consider that they're wrong.
0: It's a good point. That's kind of why it seems a lot of people have observed that abortion seems to be the focal point of their movement. Like it's Mm. so much of liberalism is about abortion. Like it's one of their favorite things. Mm -hmm. And because it kind of is a keystone for so many of their other perspectives and beliefs and ways of living. It's a good point.
2: It is. It's like the, it is the complete breakdown of family. Like that is what the left is doing in every aspect. But like, it it all starts with abortion. Um, I'm am when I go down to Planned Parenthood, I go down to Planned Parenthood every week, and pray outside and like offer resources to women. And s- too often these women are being ushered in there by men, and it's like I, it's nauseating like the fact that like a, like like women are in their their most vulnerable state in a state of pregnancy, and and these men are bringing that like these they're not men but like they're bringing them in to like have abortions and like abortion is enabling like the complete breakdown of family, the complete lack of accountability. And in so many ways, I think it is, it is what is, what is causing like so much of the divide within the family.
1: Yeah. It's, it's also a lot of what's keeping our generation in this, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for in just this state of constant battle with the, uh, the government nanny state and mm-hmm. why we're referred to by like the older generations as like children almost because we're mm-hmm. starting to come of age right now and it's a situation where all of the they put up so many safe spaces or walls to keep us in this like codified worldview that yeah there's no there's no accountability for actions there's mm-hmm. no it, it's almost harder to be a virtuous citizen in this society than it is to be an unvirtuous citizen oh. there's oh, so many there's so many resources available to people who want to choose to do the wrong thing and it, it it's so difficult and tiresome because you do have to Like if you do want to do the right thing, you not only have to have that battle within your conscience, but then you also have to like, oh, wow, I need to go seek out the resources to go do this good, good thing. And a lot of people just, you know, at some point, if you're not grounded in faith and you're not a believer in God, they just, you know, I'm just going to take the easy way out because that's what most people do.
2: Mm -hmm. I completely agree. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, society has always kind of run like that. I mean, like, we are we are supposed to be in the world but not of the world. So, in a sense, like, there always will be that. But I do completely agree. I mean, society wants to plan our parenthood. I mean, look at the – I mean, we could get into the birth rates. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, it's scary how low the birth rate is getting. And I agree. People, people are taking so much longer to age. I mean, if you go back 100 years, men were coming back from war at our age. And now, like, men are bringing women into like, abort their children. And it's, like, it's, like, being enabled by society. And it's also, it's being promoted, but it's also yeah. being affirmed. You see that a lot on the left is, like, affirming things that are evil, affirming them. And I think in a lot of ways, that's why people don't have to think too hard um, about their beliefs. And they don't, they are able to stay within their bubble of double think because, society isn't challenging them they're just affirming them
0: good point that's why we need to have a louder voice we need to be out there and pushing back because that is it is so powerful because everything else is an echo chamber it'll it encourages their double think mm-hmm. so even one voice could have an impact if it's going against their their mm-hmm. built-in way of thinking totally. when yeah. what did in your experience like what kind of um pro-life involvement is the most effective or has the biggest impact. Like there's so much you can do.
2: Totally. Honestly, it depends on the person because, um, yeah, there's not no one size fits all. And as you guys know, like the issue of abortion is so sensitive that like different age groups respond differently to different things. Um,
1: That's so true. And,
2: yeah. And I just think prudence is so important because, you know, I, I look back on – when I was president of the pro-life club and I had to definitely like, I was definitely very, I, I would be very anxious, but I would never show it and I could never show it to the other pro-lifers in my club because they were so anxious and, and they like, I felt like they were only like able to table and be outspoken if I was there as like, yep. um, you know, just a backup and like someone that could like be there to help if needed. Um, but there is this sense of like, um, yeah. Wait, I, I, can you repeat your question? I'm, I just totally lost my thought.
0: Oh, <laughs> good. Just um, of all those different types of pro life involvement, what is the most impactful?
2: Oh yeah, sorry, I'm like so scatterbrained. Um, but yeah, I think I think one on one conversations are super important. Um, but again, I think it's just prudence is so important as well because um, you know, even within your churches. So many, uh, so many people are not pro life in the churches. So many pastors so are true. unwilling, real, are unwilling, yeah, are uh, literally unwilling to to just be uh, like outspoken about the the pro life movement. I've had so many priests tell me they when they are outspoken, people get up and leave in the middle of the homily, and it's That's like crazy. It's crazy, but like good riddance because honestly, like Jesus didn't come to like unite every everyone. Like he he will like like people will not respond well to the truth. Like I don't always respond well to the truth, but like you can you can share the truth in a loving way, but you don't affirm you don't affirm what they're doing if it's wrong because that's not loving them. And and yeah. like again you have to be careful like you don't want to be self-righteous because we're all sinners, but also we are co- we all we are called to um fraternal correction. And especially these pastors, I I just think like The sheep can't lead, the shepherds have to lead. Um, So even if you feel called to have a conversation with your pastor about starting a pro-life group, which is something that I'm doing now um, that I'm home um, at a local parish here, um, even if it's just having a one-on-one conversation with someone, I find that that is, I think, the most fruitful because when you're in a group, uh, there's a mob mentality and, and also no one's really receptive in my opinion, like I've tabled and there's been a crowd around me and and people just aren't receptive. They'll just lobby like, like sayings at you. And it's just to try to like get you to mess up like a Mm getcha and, and they don't want to have a real dialogue. Uh, so I I think just assessing, be careful on social media. I mean, I post on social media, but, um, you just, you don't want to, you don't want to push people away. So I think again, it's just finding the prudence of where am I being called? And I say this my friends. I say this to them all the time and it's 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 kind of probably annoying to them but I really do think that the 21st century martyrdom is social martyrdom. Like a lot of us in the US aren't going to be like slaughtered on the stake, but a lot of us are going to be like like Absolutely ostracized.
1: Yeah, ostracized from our friends. The the culture's against us. You will have mm-hmm. battles with friends and family. You'll have to go your separate ways, and you'll on you'll just have to wear that on your sleeve. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the real reality of it. Some people, as hard as you're going to push, they're they're not going to to get it, and you can't keep you know just keep pushing up against a brick wall. You're just going to have to, you know, pray for them mm-hmm. and. Yeah, but I, I agree with you. That's hundred percent true.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I just think that I think there's always a I think there's always a choice we have to make in, in those situations where abortion is brought up. Because like if you and granted again you you have to just be prudent, but with everything that you do, like if you truly believe that babies are being killed if you if you actually believe that, then then everything that you decide to do I feel like has to be with that in mind because that is so insane that that's actually happening like while we're sitting here right now like I don't know it's just like unfathomable to me yeah and it's like you can go and like live your life or like I don't know like just have a nine to five like do whatever but it's like I feel like there's so many choices that you have to make in conversations with people or like going out to Eden, it's like, I could be actually like doing something right now that I don't know. I know that's like kind of a radical idea, but I feel like that just like really paralyzes me sometimes. Like, just like with the reality of like, if this is true, then why am I not like chaining myself yeah. to a Planned Parenthood? You know? That's,
1: that's, that's just where your head goes because, because you're a good and righteous person and, and you care, you know? And they're, they're, I do agree with you. If, if it's really something of that, severity why aren't we all doing that and what's really holding us back but also at the same time like i i hear the passion in your voice and you're you're giving you know almost everything like you have to the movement so you can't you can't beat yourself up over the fact that you're you're not giving like 150 percent like you're 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 one person and hearing you like inspires me honestly like you've probably tabled like hundreds of times. I tabled this past year at my church for the Knights of Columbus because they literally asked me to because they had nobody else, literally no one else who would do it. And it was just this elderly guy and his wife who were doing it the entire weekend. And And they just wanted to get away for like a couple hours. And I said, you know what, sure, I'll do it for you. And, you know, I had like some... Teenage derelicts, like take like some fetuses like off or take the little rubber babies off my table and like try to like decapitate them and like hurl like slurs at me and like say mean stuff or like, oh, I got an abortion like this morning or just some just nasty things. And so I've only done it like one time. And so I can't imagine like the things that you've seen on that scale. And. You know, I'm in a fairly conservative area at, at this point, but you know, there's mean nasty people everywhere. So I know you get it. But it's it's admirable. And the one thing I'll piggyback off you saying um what's like the Andrew, what was your question? What's what's like the, the best thing you can do? Yeah. Yeah, I would just say be seen because mm-hmm. I was in that situation and I was being I was being seen. Like, you know, the the mm. the elderly couple, you know, God bless their souls, but they they were kind of just, you know, sitting there like fielding people and you know, I'm there like on a Saturday night like, you know, oh, I'm thinking, oh, you know, maybe I I should be doing something else, but then like, you know, you get some Um, derelicts, like saying like stuff to you. And then like, you know, I come back and I start being like louder and like handing out like flyers and stuff to people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's just something about being seen. You never know who you're going to touch. Like, honestly, there was one woman there who was pregnant and honestly just wanted more resources about, you know, what my baby looks like in my womb. And like, wow, I, I, and that's, that's literally who you do it for is for the the one person you're going to touch not the the 50 libs that I'm going to trigger by standing there and literally just being a man existing not afraid of what I of what they're going to say to me and knowing what I believe but it's that one person that you're going to touch because you know literally every single gospel passage is you know Jesus like touching that one person who Mm -hmm. is shunned by society or has a bad situation. And they like come to him and they're like, Jesus, I have nothing. And like, just have like mercy on me, a sinner. And he's like, go, like your faith has saved you. And that's, that's who you do it for like the entire time. So it's just being seen because you never Mm -hmm. know what the imagery of you being there and being unafraid is going to do to someone who is afraid. And I think that was so powerful that you said that about like the rest of your group, because it is a spiritual battle that we're in. We're in such a spiritual battle. And in that moment in time, like, I don't mean to like be like hyperbolic here, but you're like our Joan of Arc in that situation. Like you're leading your troops into spiritual warfare and you have to be strong and not afraid of what they're going to do or say to you because you can't have everyone else afraid of what they're going to do or say to you. So kudos to you for that.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah.
1: And, and Steve rant. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I, I just, while you were speaking, just the word witness kept coming to my mind because We're all called to witness, and it's not going to be in the same way. Um, A lot of my roommates, um, you know, are also extremely pro-life, but they don't, you know, a lot of them, too, are, like, more sensitive and, um, you know, just not ready to be, like, lambasted, uh, validly so. So they help in different ways. Like, they'll help me bake cookies for the Pregnancy Resource Clinic, or they'll they'll help me, like, fundraise, or they'll do um, a prayer chain with me. Um, and there are so many different ways to witness uh, to the pro-life that's- movement. And it's not all going to be like tabling. And that's so okay. And I think we, we need to stop like um, being upset with ourselves if like we don't think that we can like be the one that is going to like try to fact check like every single pro-abortion person because like some people just aren't called to that kind of confrontation. And that's so Okay. Like there's so many ways to serve the movement, and and honestly, like I think it's great that you did that tabling and like you a you have no idea what seed you planted and that's something that's always important to remember, but b like the more you table, the more good you get at it in a way, um, and so you have no idea how the Lord is preparing you for a later encounter down the road with someone because uh, like I, I like I used to be so nervous and anxious before tabling events, but then it it just became something I did and it wasn't a big deal to me. And it's like that kind of confidence doesn't come in one day. And it's it's important to be gentle with yourself, too, um, because I I just think there's like there's so much anxiety about being pro-life. Even I still have it sometimes. There's a lot of anxiety because it's like constantly like doubting. And it's like everyone's against you. And it's like very confusing at times. and it's okay to like admit that it's okay to be scared. Um but it's also so important to like be pro life with yourself. Like you have to be gentle with yourself. Um and I think like being pro life means like living out your life in in that manner. It's not just about abortion. It's about like um treating yourself with respect, treating others with respect. Um and like being pro life in all facets of your life. And and I don't say that to like ignore the pro the abortion issue because I really dis really dislike when people tend to do that. Um, because abortion like is like has to be at the center of this, but it doesn't stop there because it's all interconnected.
0: Yeah, really good stuff, guys. Um that was two really passionate and well said um I don't want to call them rants. Stephen, <laughs> we caught a rant.
2: <laughs> that was
0: great. And yeah, Lauren, your passion for this movement is really amazing. Very inspiring. You're right. Like we do need to be putting everything we have into fighting this. It's just hard because I mean, you brought up a couple good responses to this, but it's, we feel so small. Like we feel like I feel like I'll go out to Planned Parenthood, um, like prayer event or something. and It's like it's hard to know what the impact was and Mm. it's hard to keep going when you don't see a fruit or result right away. But you're right. Like you never know what seed has been planted. You never know Mm. what you're being prepared for. And that's what
2: faith is. And even if we do nothing, even if nothing's planted, we're still called to go out and do that. Like we're not called to like stop if we don't see a result, even if, even if there is no like objective result, like we're still called to do that. You know?
1: That's true. Yeah. Um, So given all of that, I think now that we've went down that route, how do we go about creating a pro-life society? We've talked about the, the ails of our current situation, but how do we kind of turn this ship around and, you know, All the, uh, you know, we talk about the left having all their slogans. One that I really like that we have that we that is become kind of a rallying cry is like, I am the pro-life generation. And I really like that. That's honestly like the only slogan that I truly like on the uh, the topic, because that's something that, you know, I am coming from this generation that's kind of lost in and wayward that kind of needs to be brought back. But. How can we go about creating the the next generation being more pro-life than ourselves?
2: Yeah, I think that's a really, really important question. Um, I think the simplest place to start with answering that is um, politically, which I know people can scoff at. I do too. Um, like I'm not, I think both parties are very flawed. Um, I think the left is more flawed but I think that I think there's godlessness on both sides and I think I think if you if you lack God like you you lack truth and so you can you can say you have like the quote-unquote like American values but if you're just talking about economics or whatever like the end goal is still skewed away from like the truth of Christ and I just think it's important to remember that and not like be like sold to a political party because like You're like a whole person. Like you're not a you're not just like a a number on a ballot. You're not just like a voter. Um, uh, Real human
1: beings out here. Real human beings.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Um, One slogan I really like that is pro life. uh, That I think is kind of has a similar uh, sound to it as like a lot of the slogans on the other side. But it says we demand protection. Protection at conception, which is something I think is important, because um, when you say we demand protection at conception, you are focusing on the child in the womb. And any conversation you have, you have about abortion, uh, the number one thing you have to do is is you have to reroute the conversation back to the baby in the womb.
0: Yeah. Like
2: they're going to talk about the mother, they're going to talk about society, they'll talk about foster care, they'll talk about um, Down syndrome. You have to talk and bring it back to the baby in the womb always, because that's what this is about. Like, the, what the mom's going through is so real. We're not discounting that. Abortion, like, isn't going to solve that issue. Like, it has to go back to the baby always. Um, politically, we we see with Dobbs, like, change can happen politically. Um, and I'm not completely sold by the Republican Party, so I'm not out here, like, advocating for, like, a pr- particular party. But it's important to note that, like, policy does change things and it and it saves lives yep. um, and that can't be understated uh, but I think what's important is not just to oh vote for this candidate but it's to like force political figures force candidates to commit um, to actually passing legislation like don't just sell out your vote and then just like let these people um, like don't like let the Republicans use your vote to get into office and then do nothing because I just think that's despicable. And this has to be the number one issue. Um, And if it's being like put on the back burner for foreign policy or like something else, I just think that's disgusting. Um, And yeah, it starts with policy. Um, But again, policy can change culture, but culture can change policy. So it's important to recognize that um, the culture has to change too. Um, And... The, sometimes the culture doesn't always change just when policy changes. So you see that now with Dobbs. Um, people are even more irate and worked up uh, since Dobbs has happened. so um,
1: yeah, but it I, I think it goes to show that you know we can't just be satisfied with you know these um, rulings in our favor and just minor political, you know, victories within the uh the the legal system. Obviously those are good, but we have a we have a soul of a nation that's corroded. And like mm-hmm. what you're saying is entirely true. It's it's like a it's like a a bad child when like you put them in time out and like you take like their toys away or something like that. It's still a situation where there's still wrong that needs corrected. And we can't just, you know, like take away like their their toys or whatever and say, Oh, problem, problem solved. We handled it, you know, through the, through the court system and through the legal system. So everything's fine now we still have a very, uh, a very ill society that needs uh, legislation is great, but yeah, like we, we need to change the the culture that's going to like in, in in, in 20 years, I want to see, uh, a society of healthy people getting elected, and this is just this is just widely accepted that you know we are a a country that protects the rights of the unborn. It's not just like a uh, it's yeah. not something that's up for debate at that point. But it, it yeah, goes we, by. we want
0: to look back on abortion the way we look back on slavery. Mm-hmm. I really like the the phrase "culture of life" because it's yeah. so cohesive. It's about fighting abortion and fighting euthanasia and supporting strong families and, um, just being pro-life in all elements.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think I said the, I said the, I started off with, uh, the politics, but, um, I really do believe that prayer has to be the first and like main thing that like anyone and everyone does, because when you think about it, it's like, it's so insurmountable like what's happening right now because it is so interconnected. Like it's not, it's not just abortion. It's everything. Like it, it's, it's honestly like it's unfathomable and it can be so overwhelming. Um, I just know like personally, cause I, I feel like I'm like a fixer. I want to like just try to solve a problem and it's like my, it like boggles the mind and it like is so overwhelming. And I just think like, Prayer is so important because it's also important for yourself to be like like where is the Lord calling me to go? I'm not called to like do all of these things. Like I can't do that, but where is the Lord calling me to be like the hands, his hands and feet today? Um because truly like we're called to that to do that every day. Um and it that's not even just in the realm of like strictly abortion, but like that is like a culture of life, as you said, Andrew. Um, And like, we know that by definition, like, love bears life. And so when you're loving others, like, you're, you're bringing about this, you're bearing fruit, you're bringing about this, this culture of life. Um, And and you kind of see the inverse of that in abortion, because um, I, I, one of the things I always tell my friends too is like, like love bears life, but I I think that like use breeds death. Like this idea of like using another for your own personal gain is so um it it it's degenerative. It's not it's not actually bearing life for yourself or for others, and you can see that whether that's like physically like um through like uh sex like bearing life um but it's like a gift of yourself to another, whereas like. Just with abortion, it's this constant sense of, like, usage, using others for your own personal um, gain or, or whatever. Um, if you're scared or whatever, just trying to find a way out of a situation. And it's all about you. It's not about another. Um, and so I think it starts with this idea of, like, um, prayerfully discerning where you're being called to serve others. Because, like, like love is, like, an act of the will, which culture doesn't believe. They think it's just an emotion. If they even believe in love at all. But it's like you're willing the good of another. Um, and that's why I think it's so important to like everything has to be centered around prayer or else you'll like it's self defeating.
0: Yeah, that's really good stuff. Good points all around. A lot to think about there. Um, I think we're just about through with everything. Steven, you had a couple things you were going to bring up though.
1: Let me go to just i guess an experience uh that i had uh this past week just to touch on that that i had an experience with uh our neighbor who is a uh, a local nurse and she obviously knows that my wife and i are newly married and we were just you know talking about uh whatever where she works uh if my wife was looking for a uh an obgyn uh you know in in the area since she's just newly moved here after we got married and she just started asking a very uh, like a series of health questions to my wife and um she asked my wife well what would you do if you got pregnant and we were kind of just a bit confused because obviously we're we're 1000% pro life and she's like well what what are you going to do if you get pregnant and we just like looked and looked at each other and we're like, I'm um, not quite sure what you're asking. Well, obviously if we get pregnant, we're going to have a child and we're going to love it. I'm not really sure what, uh, like, why <laughs> do we even allow these questions to be like asked to us?
2: Yeah. The nerve.
1: Oh. yeah. And, and that, that's, that's, that's where we, the conversation just needs to be mm-hmm. like totally changed. Oh, Well, what are you going to do? And, and it's just like this, like in, Again, this this is a person who is my neighbor and has honestly been nice to us our entirety of like living here. But like just asking something like that, like she doesn't even understand how ignorant and like unself aware like that situation is to to someone like me. Like it's extremely offensive to me. And honestly, I should probably be more offended by it. But I was just kind of just so caught off guard by it, like there are actually people who think like this. Well, well what are you going to do with uh, like acknowledging that it is a baby? And it's like, well, what are you going to do about it?
0: That's it's insane. so
2: insensitive. It's so insensitive. I think, um, sorry, I just, I just want to bring this up before. I just feel like it's important for me to say this, that um, whenever we're talking about abortion, it's just so important to remember that you have no idea who the person you're talking to or whoever's listening, you don't know their backstory yeah. And oftentimes like I look back and I feel like I had to put on a very thick skin up at Penn State. And it's sometimes I, I could get very strident about the pro-life movement. And it's like, and then it would blow up in your face. They would be like, oh yeah, well I had an abortion. And it would just blow up in your face. And it would be like, it would, it was so humbling. And it's like, you have no idea. Like abortion is, abortion is, is quite common. It really is quite common. And, um, you have no idea if the person you're talking to has had an abortion. You have no idea if like someone in their family has had an abortion. You just have no idea. And so it's just really important to be sensitive. Like it's, you can't talk about it like it's foreign policy because it's not foreign policy. Like it is about a human life. It is about something so personal. It's So it's important to treat it with care.
0: Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Charity is always important and often overlooked, unfortunately. Mm-hmm.
1: And then my second follow-up question to you, uh, on a much lighter note, is what made you such an avid American Redemption enjoyer?
2: (laughs) Well, um, when I first uh, heard that Andrew was doing this podcast, I was like, I must listen. And then I heard the name and I was like, that's so based. So I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it was so cool. Also, um, you guys have had on a lot of my friends from Penn State, so I always got excited to listen to what they had to say. Um, And I feel like you guys are talking about things that literally no one else is talking about. Um, And I think you're talking about it in a really organic manner, in a really new way. And I just think it's really authentic. And I just think it's like, it's just so important to have these conversations. And it's hard because like, I don't always have people that I can have these conversations with. So it's great to hear you guys have these conversations almost for us, and then we can kind of listen. Um, but I just I love what you guys are doing. I think it's it's really important. That's oh, thanks, Lauren. That's, that's awesome. Yeah,
1: that's that really like just warms my heart. Yeah. Like when when you when you told us that you were an avid uh, avid fan <laughs> and a longtime listener, like I honestly fangirl myself a little bit. It was hilarious. <laughs> I was I was like, this is this this is literally who and what i do it for like right here you're you're the embodiment of what we do it for oh gosh
2: well it it is really great i love to like go back and listen to past episodes so i think what you guys are doing is really it really is awesome so yeah
0: and thank you so much lauren we really appreciate that that is super cool to hear and so happy we got to have you on today should have done it a long time ago (laughs) definitely one of the yeah it's a shame we let you so we know
1: yeah, it's a shame we let you slip to episode forty-nine, hey, Andrew. Okay. What, 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 were, what were we doing? Not getting Lauren on like way sooner.
0: I don't know. We man. had Tony Big on mistake.
1: before uh, before Lauren. What are we doing? <laughs> we probably like it dropped was... the, we probably lost all of our twenty percent after the Tony episode. <laughs> and like we've sl- we've slowly had to grind our way back. This is gonna like take us like over the moon though. We we'll might... see
2: if we can bump up that twenty percent. I'll get my friends to listen to this. Oh this my episode gosh. Episode. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, all but right. thank you again for having me on. It's been a blessing. So thank you.
0: Absolutely. We definitely would love to have you back again sometime.
2: All
1: right. Yeah, Lauren, well. I would like you to give us the call to action because you are a very action oriented person and you got me fired up today, but I can't think of something. So you need to send us out.
2: Yeah. Okay. Let me think. So um, I think a good place that we can all, well, first of all, if everyone, I think you can all just offer up like a Hail Mary um, through the intercession of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Um, for the unborn. Um, she's a patron of the unborn. Um, you know, on you know, in the uh, the um. I don't know what she appeared on, but anyway, Juan Diego's cloak. Um, you can see uh, the unborn child of Jesus. Um, in in uh, the presence of Our Lady of Guadalupe, so she's a patron of the unborn. Um, so just praying a Hail Mary and just asking through her intercession that that she can show you. Like where she is calling you to like protect her son, because like Jesus is in every one of those infant ch- children. So um, just pray a Hail Mary, um, and uh, follow an account on social media, pro life social account. Um, there are a lot of them out there. Um, I think a great great place to start is um, there's like Let Them Live, um, Students for Life is great. Um, live Action I think is the best, but. Um, it's it's so great because you can stay up to date on what's happening, um, and I think that that can give people confidence too, just having an awareness of what's going on, staying up to date. So yeah.
0: Awesome. We will do. Um, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Having Lauren do the call to action is perfect. She's, I, I think I follow, she might be the
1: first guest I've ever I've ever handed the reins off to. I don't. <laughs> she's just that awesome. I don't know. What else so
0: I'm fun. honored. <laughs> But all right, Uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks again, Lauren, for coming on. Get out there and be pro-life, and we will see you all next
2: time. Thanks, you guys.